0: In studio today, we have the co founder of Leyland Studios and co creator of Streets of Blaze. It's a side scrolling beat em up. We have Lucas Phillips in studio today. What's up? What's going Thank on? Thank you for being here, Luke. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate, appreciate it. everything. Luke's a good friend of mine. And now he's uh, off creating his uh, newest video game, Streets of Blaze. That
1: is what I'm doing. So trying to do at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it'll get done eventually. <laughs> yeah. So how's uh how's that, progress of the game going or the heat death of the universe? Um, it's it's going, it is going. Um, you know, it's a little difficult. Uh, just because you know, <laughs> Dustin and I, we work full time. I mean, he's got the baby. You know. Yeah. Um, I also. I get into like these weird moods where I'm like, I think I'm going to sit and watch anime all day, <laughs> you know? So we were
0: talking earlier and you were talking to me about, uh, uh, what was it called? Food, food wars? wars. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, tell people that haven't seen food wars. You what food A wars rundown was. of food wars. Yeah.
1: I don't remember the exact words I used, but, uh, I highly recommend it. First off, I do want to say that. Um, it is essentially, it's an anime. It's an, it's an anime about cooking. Um, <laughs> that's what gets me. It's pretty <laughs> where uh, every time somebody eats uh, a piece of food that is um very good, it's illustrated in that classic anime you know wipe with the <laughs> with the uh, crazy colors and and all that kind of stuff. But it's also like very orgasmic. I'll tell you what <laughs> the ol- the only
0: animes I've ever seen are like Dragon Ball Z. And uh, I guess I needed the Dragon Balls, One Punch Man. I got into it, right. and I tried watching uh, Attack on Titan, mm. and like I just couldn't get into it. Really, you didn't like it? Yeah, I just it was like two
1: episodes in, and I couldn't get into it. I don't know uh, why. I'll have to give it another shot. I think most people really like Attack on Titan. Yeah, I I I only watched <laughs> maybe a little bit of the first season. I got up to a point like Attack on Titan seemed like one of those shows where like every episode they were trying to surprise you with something, mm-hmm. you know, and that can be good. But a lot of times I kind of see through the BS and I'm just like, all right, here we go. <laughs> we know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. We
0: know where this is going. Yeah. But this this food wars. Yeah, you gotta check it yeah, out. Yeah, I definitely have to check this Especially out. Especially
1: if you like cooking. Like that's the best part. So I would I would say if you if you're completely unfamiliar with food wars, but you know what initial D is, I think a lot of people know what initial D is. Mm-hmm. It's the initial D of cooking. Like okay. it's it's a cooking show that's basically just initial D. Yeah.
0: Well, I have to check it out. What's the other one that you guys told me about Death Death Note? Mm. Yeah, I definitely have to watch dude, that. You're one. so behind. I know, dude. <laughs> it's my anime is
1: like from 1997. <laughs> I was going to say And uh
0: that's as much as I've progressed.
1: Death Note has been hot for a long time, but well, it, it's good. I mean, it's you know, it's not bad. But you know, I can't even make fun of you. I I watch old stuff all the time. Like two of my favorite or I say three of my favorite shows to watch is uh Cowboy Bebop, Outlaw Star, and uh I really like Dead Man Wonderland, which I don't even think a lot of people have seen. You know, what was that one with the Vlad the Destroyer? Vlad
0: the Destroyer. Was it his name? Are you
1: talking about Trigon? Yeah, Trigon. Yeah, no, I did watch that one. That wasn't was... Vlad the Destroyer. I thought it was Vlad with a V. No? No. His knives and... Uh... I forget what they are. I forget, too. It doesn't even Dustin's matter. Dustin's going to be so <laughs> mad when he sees that, too. <laughs> He's be, oh, well. <laughs> He's probably just screaming. You know, he should have been right there, and he should have... <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, he could have chimed in, but nope. <laughs> oh,
0: well. That's pretty funny. So what part of uh, getting back to the game now... Mm. So I don't think I answered the original question. I don't know. Did you answer how the progress is going?
1: Um, I So I would say it's going well, because mainly because... So when the Kickstarter did not go through, um, we were... I'm not gonna say we were devastated. I mean, obviously, it was a little disappointing, but you know, we also had a plan moving forward, you know, regardless of whether or not it went through. And so we've just been grinding as much as we can, and we've actually got a pretty decent, you know, product at this point. Um, We're very close. We've got a code freeze coming up in a couple weeks. And so we've come together and we've decided we're not adding any more content beyond that point. We're just gonna refine what's there. And so we've got a pretty. Decent idea of the remaining scope of the game, which I think is kind of cool because that means that we'll be able to accurately put a date, you know, yeah. on it.
0: Well, I play the game and I, you know, it was the first three levels of it. Yeah. Or what, first of all, let me give you a shout out yeah, to the uh, Streets of Blaze merch right there. Mm-hmm. That looks pretty good. I like it. I think that's.
1: Link in the description. Link in the description below. <laughs>
0: um, I got uh, my cosplay going for BJ. Yeah. So I'm just going to say you guys created BJ because of me. I, that's the. that's. <laughs> <laughs> just want to tell people I'm just like yeah it's so, my
1: that's yeah my- I, BJ is inspired by all of the uh like large people in not I'm not calling you large I'm, I mean like whenever you played old school games like there was always like a, a big guy you know mm-hmm. um he's kind of inspired by that the name actually comes from uh one of my friends uh growing up Brandon yeah and that's that's actually cool as an allusion to me and BJ is an allusion to him oh, okay yeah okay what it- about uh uh, uh Hazmat So Hazmat is an interesting fact about Hazmat. Um, In the original draft of the game, she was a character you didn't even run into until close to the end. And then you unlocked her as a playable character. Okay. So we changed it, though, because, you know, the story kind of went through some evolutions and stuff like that. And so eventually it became she's just a character that kind of sets the actions in, in motion. So in the full game, she's
0: going to be available from the get go. Yeah, yeah. You know? Those are
1: the three characters you play as from, all, you know, they're available from the get go. So when you develop
0: this stuff, is it like what do you think it was like harder than you expected to develop,
1: and like something that was easier than you expected, or was it all mm. like new to you? Well, it was all it was all new to me. Um, if you see early footage of the game, like I was learning how to program um, and develop in Unreal. When I created the prototype. And so, a lot of, there's a lot of latent code. If, if a, let me just put it this way if a programmer looks at the core of this game, <laughs> they're gonna be absolutely disgusted. Okay.
0: Uh, it's, it's that bad, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Like, I've never been, I, I wouldn't consider myself a great programmer. Um, I've always considered myself a better artist than programmer. But uh, I think one of the difficult things about... The most difficult things for me about the game is there are always things that I'm like, oh, this would be really cool. I really want to do that. But it would probably take me, like, just me a year or two years to do it. You know? Like, I started off drawing the characters. You know? The original drawings of the characters, I did. And then I was like, okay, I got to make them look better. I got to make them, you know... But then I was like, if I spend a year doing that... And don't actually, you know, program the game or start making the game or figuring out how all that stuff's going to work. It's never going to get done. Yeah, you, you can't know? keep doing the concept art and then right. still doing that for a year into the game. But right. that's, I
0: mean, that's pretty cool. You started from the bottom and then you you work your way up. And right.
1: Yeah. So, but eventually, I, you know, I realized I was like, there are things that I just I'm going to have to pay for essentially, right? Um, like the artwork in the game, all the comic artwork. You know, we we paid an artist to do some of that for us, um, and so. I would say one of the most difficult things is is the management of trying to bring a game out. Oh, just time management in general. Yeah, yeah, you know, because I, I mean, I could put my head down, sit down, and make a game. It's just gonna take me like nine years, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> solo styles. So, but but we 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 have so many ideas that we don't want to get like so hung up that, you know, we're like 70 years old and and we're still working on this one game or eventually it's going to come out, you know, (laughs) so I I didn't want to be in that situation. So like
0: with the code freeze coming up, what Mm -hmm. do you say, like what is definitely not going to make it into the game and something that like you're hoping does make it into this, something like an idea that you really want to get in there?
1: Um, so I'll tell you what I'm working on right now. There are some unique levels um, that aren't necessarily just you walking around and fighting. Um, Those are definitely making it into the game because I mean, even at the point they're at right now, the code is there, you know, the base is, is there. What I need to do is refine it and polish it and so that that sort of stuff can come after the code freeze in my idea and I'm using that term I'm sure a programmer is like they don't know what that is they don't know what that means <laughs> you know Yeah. but as far as I'm concerned that's, that's what it means um, some of the features that very well may not make it into the game is like uh, you know I'm having a lot of difficulty trying to get networking working yeah. Um. so as of right now the game works fine locally where you know you can kind of do some couch co-op but trying to get it to where you can play online with somebody or, you know, kind of uh, look for servers and stuff like that, I don't think it's going to make it in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, which it, which is fine because, you know, right. we don't really have games right now that have a lot of couch co-op. Right, right, right. A lot of the stuff right now is, oh, you buy a copy of the game, I'll buy a copy of the game, and then we'll play online. Exactly, And that's – I remember growing up and playing – golden eye and you know right. mario kart and everything just sitting down with a group of friends right so, well
1: especially when like somebody you knew had the game and you didn't because i don't know about anybody else but like i didn't get every game i wanted when oh, i was <laughs> young <laughs> <Definitely> <laughs>
0: i remember getting uh going to my buddy's house and playing tony hawk pro Skater, Right. you know just because yeah. that was right my yeah. cousin had uh 1080 snowboarding well, and stuff oh, like God, that 1080 was so oh, good God, I loved yeah
1: but like uh i i growing up i didn't have sega uh, okay. My my family was like strictly Nintendo. They're like, if it's not Nintendo, you're not getting it, you know. <laughs> and so I don't know. Maybe that's where my brand loyalty comes from nowadays. I I have no idea. But uh, so I had a lot of friends that had Sega consoles, you know. And so like Streets of Rage, which is one of the major inspirations for the game, I didn't have that, you know. But when I wanted to play that game, I'm like, oh, you know, we gotta, I gotta go to Brandon's house, you know, because <laughs> I gotta play me some Streets of Rage right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Uh, it was, it's definitely a different time because I, I think it's fun to go to a friend's house and play games, you know, but like you're right. I think most people would probably just play online nowadays. Yeah. yeah, that's, it's definitely a lost art form sitting there playing,
0: you know, co-op with a buddy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you said, NBA Jam. Oh. I would sit there and go to <laughs> my buddy Bobby's house and we would play <laughs> NBA Jam with the Bulls. Yes. Scotty Pippen, Horse Grant. We would just <laughs> tear it up. Yes. And unlock all these modes and everything and no, I was just dude, like, that...
1: Is all about the Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> with oh. shrimp. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot. You don't.
0: You didn't. You didn't grow up in Chicago. So no, I, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows. It definitely shows. So aside from the game itself, mm. like what do you think is like the most difficult part
1: of creating something? You know, like is it just coming up with the concept? Is it no, dude? Con- con- concepting for me, and even for Dustin, like. Even concepting together, I think that's the easiest thing in the world, you know? Like, if you put us in a room together and, like, put a gun to our heads and was, like, come up with an idea for, you know, something completely random in five minutes, I I, you know, I'm confident we could do that. But if you were, like, uh, start a social media campaign that, you know, gains a thousand followers in two months' time, I'd be like, oh, just shoot me. (laughs) 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 <laughs> because that would be less painful, you know. I, I think the the hardest thing for me, and uh, I can't speak for Dustin, but yeah, the hardest thing for me is just the business aspect of it. Um, and that's really only difficult because of the nature of business nowadays, where it's it's all social media driven, you know. Right. And it's not like I'm inept at it i'm I'm young, I'm hip, <laughs> you know i know I know what the cool kids are doing now, but i just i I don't have the brain space for it, you know, yeah, um,
0: yep. there's only so much so much time in the day for you to sit there and involve yourself in social media accounts going across the board. I mean, even right. me going on Twitter and Instagram like it,
1: it, it is more time consuming than people give it credit for. And- right. And I, 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 I'm trying to be better at it by, you know, kind of sectioning off time to, to spend on it. You know, the problem is, is I spend so long and so much time not thinking about that stuff. And that, Kind of feels good. Yeah. You know? No, I definitely understand that. (laughs) Like, I'll go... I'll I'll leave my phone in my kitchen and go to my garage and, like, start working on, you know, one of my cars. And I'm like, this is nice, you know? And then I, I realize, I'm like, oh, I don't have my phone. But that panic subsides like almost immediately when I'm like, eh, <laughs> like my wife is home, you know, if anybody else needs me, uh, yeah, they, they can call her or something. They'll you figure know? it out. Yeah. So <laughs> it's very nice to kind of get away. The problem is, is that's a difficult proposition when you're trying to run a social media driven business. You know, I, I'm not taking, I can't take ads out in the, in the local paper and people will be like, oh, this is the game. I, I got to get this game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work like that. So you you you're a slave to the social media, and it kind of sucks. Yeah. Speaking of which, though, we are mm. gonna have to create that com- that commercial.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. That we were talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, we were definitely talking about making a retro,
1: like '90s esque style trailer yep. for the game, and I think that'd be awesome. I think it would be super cool. You know, and I have the old camera equipment and all that stuff, so yeah, we should definitely set that up. Film it on cassette. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Shoulder cam and all.
0: <laughs> I'm down. We could even rent, a, or not rent, but we could go find some old 98 Tauruses or something. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, do you know where
1: you can rent a 98
0: Taurus? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. We could find a
1: place. Yeah, we no, could definitely I guarantee you there, there's, there's got to be some laying around somewhere. Oh, man.
0: I'm excited. Sorry, we're drinking some 312 right now, so I apologize for the uh, for the... Lull in communication right there. (laughs) So that's, I would say, you know, with the game almost coming out, I, well, I shouldn't say that because I don't, I don't know when the game's coming out. When?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, for those that don't know, the game is available, like it's available now. You can, you can purchase it on early access on Steam. Um, one of the things that I've learned recently though is there's a, I'm not going to say a large subsection because I don't know the statistics off the top of my head, but, um, there's a pretty large, group of people that don't like early access. You know, it's got a bit of a stigma to it. So if you're on steam and you're like, well, I don't want early access, then you probably won't buy it. Right. But the other benefit is if you do want to play the game early and kind of contribute to the feedback loop, you know, where you can say, Hey, this game sucks right now. (laughs) (laughs) You guys should probably do this. You know, then you can buy it. Yeah. Is there something that like you don't like,
0: Customer fee I could kind of like push you down. Like if you're you know you're working really hard on this you work on it for like two years now, I think, right? Yeah. Just about. Yeah, it's been about two and a half years. And man. if someone comes up to you and says, Yeah, oh, your game's a piece of shit, like does that really like affect you negatively a lot? Or do you wanna
1: So I'd be lying if I said no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what doesn't hurt is when somebody says, you know, I don't like this aspect of the game, but here's, you know, how you can make it better. Like constructive feedback feels really good because I think it it kind of shows that somebody actually cares about the game, you know, or they they care about kind of fine tuning the feedback that they're giving. If that makes any sense. Right. Um it it does hurt though when somebody's just like, yeah, no, fuck it, don't don't like it. Pass, you know, hard yeah. pass game sucks. Because I've played a lot of games that were it's just kind of like, ooh, this game's not this is not a good game, you yeah. know. But like I would never come out and, and tell somebody because there's people involved, you know. Now, granted, there might be some algorithms or something out there pumping out games, you know, that people <laughs> are just downloading. I'm sure that exists too. But but there's always like there's a human being connected to it, you know, even the worst games I've ever played there's some aspect of somebody's like heart that kind of went into it you know and and to just kind of say you know to kind of put that to the side just to kind of get a a jab out there on the game it's almost like somebody completely ignoring you know the amount of times that you've said well i want to do this but i really need to work on you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like so i don't know well i saw that one uh they had that one reviewer on YouTube, and he
0: actually dissected the game. of mm, uh, yeah, What yeah, he yeah. played, uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head what his channel was. If you want, Clickist. Clickist, yes, Clickist. What clickist. did you think of his uh, review of it?
1: Oh, uh, I liked it because, like I said, I mean, you know, he didn't. It's not like he was, uh, you know, had immense praise for the game. But like I said, he he it obviously he thought it was worthwhile enough to make a video. Right. You know, he thought it was worthwhile enough to to make some, uh, you know, give constructive feedback. And so I think even if somebody doesn't like the game, if they're willing to say something about it, that means that, you know, they care about it enough to, you know, want to see it become better. You know, when you when somebody really makes you mad and they piss you off and you're just kind of like, you just kind of, you know, you know, you don't you don't care. I don't care what you go and do, you know? (laughs) You can go get in your car and fly to the moon. Like, it doesn't matter to me. But if somebody really kind of rubs you the wrong way, but, you know, you still want to see that person maybe be a better human being, like, hey, maybe you should do this, you know, in the future. So, um, yeah, I can can definitely appreciate, not to mention, I mean, anybody talking about the game is beneficial from a marketing standpoint, so.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw his review of it, and that was... I, went and I like looked through his channel and everything. I was yeah. like, you know, he brings up a lot of valid points on it. And, uh, you know, I I could agree. I mean, I agree with a lot of his points that he had. Right. So uh, I just, the first person I saw, I didn't even realize the game was even at that level where people were actually took the time to review it you know so that's pretty cool of him to yeah definitely take the
1: time to definitely go with it. uh links
0: in the description box below <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so it's it's interesting though the way cuz he was one of the people i was subscribed to on youtube oh okay and so i was watching his videos and he does a lot of videos on indie games and uh he did a video about another indie game that went to early access and his postulation was that it went to early access a little too soon. Okay. And I, so I left a comment cause I was, I was legitimately curious. I said, Hey, you know, I, I'd be curious to know what you think about our game. Cause I think we went to early access around the right time. Yeah. Um, mainly because when I think about the point of early access, I think of you bringing out a game that you want feedback on in specific areas. Right. Right. And if there's one thing I want this game to be is I want it to feel like an old school beat-em-up. Right? Mm -hmm. And so there's so many beat-em-ups out there, and I've played a handful of them. You've played a handful of them, and there's plenty of people out there that like them, right? And so I wanted feedback that said, hey, it would feel really good if you did this. Or, you know, maybe you should do this. Have you ever played this game and all that other kind of stuff? And so like that sort of feedback would be super helpful cuz it would help me tune the game to feel really good when we went to launch it, you know. I don't think it makes sense to launch a game when you you have the intentions of changing it, you know. So yeah, um, I mean I figured when when I got the game on early access,
0: right. And this is what I look for in early access games was a game that's playable mm. that gives me a basic concept of what the game is and how it functions. Which it did. I mean when I first got the game there was like, maybe just a music slider in the settings. And, right. and that was it. You know, it was yeah. very basic, very bare bones. Right. But at least the game still plays similar or in the same uh, theme right? of what it did when I first got it into now, you know? Yeah.
1: And we tried to do some, you know, incremental upgrades like right off the bat. Like, one of the first things I did, because we got a review that basically said, no graphics options this game sucks. was <laughs> <laughs> zero stars out of five. <laughs> yeah, zero out of five. So I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's good feedback. It doesn't have, you know, graphics options. It's also an early access game on Steam, you know. <laughs> so I, but I dude, I I I saw that uh that review. I got home from work. I told my wife, I said I I need to work on this game you know, right now. And so I, I put my head down and I think it took me maybe about four or five hours to figure out how all that stuff worked. And, I you know, I put graphics options in the game like next day, you know oh, what I mean? Wow. And so that I think that's early access working, you know, that's that's what it's for. Yeah, you that's,
0: know? that's definitely how it should be. People right. review it and go from there. I wish there wasn't, I wish it wasn't a review though. I wish it was like a, like a
1: feedback, a feedback. Area. I mean, there, so there are, there's a, the community area where you can kind of just leave feedback and, and ask questions and stuff. And there, there are a handful of people that have actually said things in the community, you know, area of it that haven't necessarily left reviews. Yeah. So do you I mean, guys
0: have a strong community? I've, uh, I feel like I'm not part of the Streets of Blaze community. <laughs> um, so, I
1: mean, you are, <laughs> But you're wearing the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Now I got the merch. I can rep it. Right. I think I think we, d- I would say we do have a strong community. And the main reason I'd say we have a strong community is because there are people out there that like the game, want to see the game when it comes out, and really want the game to be awesome. Right. right. And even if that's one or two people, I would say that's a strong community. Yeah. Um You know, if you have anybody more than your mother wanting the game to be good, like you've got a strong community. It only because it only takes one or two people. You know what I mean? Like the one person um, that played the game. So we are we launched the game at PAX East in Boston. And so that was the first time anybody ever got to play it. And we built an arcade cabinet and we brought people in, you know, they could play it. And like watching people play the game and enjoy it as much as they were, even though it was in a rough state. It was amazing. Like, that's a feeling I've never had before, you know, where I've because I've, I grew up wanting to make video games. I made a video game. I took it to a place where they show off new video games, you know, like Microsoft is in the booth next to us showing off <laughs> a bunch. And you know what I mean? Yeah, it was surreal. Yeah, it was. And I, I'm watching people play my video game, you know. And they're enjoying it. And I was just like, all right, well, you know, you can shoot me right now. And <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, it was yeah. like
0: the scene from uh, Food Wars where the guy just <laughs> strips off his clothes. And it's just like a euphoric sensation. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, it is surreal. Um, but, yeah, we had some awesome fans. You know, we met some amazing people there and uh, they follow us on Twitter. And every time we post something on Twitter, they're the first people to like it, and you know people to like our youtube videos and stuff like that so that's that's awesome
0: that is definitely cool that is definitely yeah. awesome i wish i would have gone to pax east just mm. to see you guys there because how yeah. like you know like not a lot of people get to follow their dreams right. which is uh, kind of cliche oh follow your dreams dude. it is but, but mm. i mean you guys actually did there and did, went there and did exactly what you guys set out to do. Right. Are
1: you guys going to any other conventions coming up? So, uh, probably not this year. And that's just being realistic. Um, there's a little too much going on as far as like stuff outside of, you know, trying to make the game. Um, but we are definitely planning on trying to hit some stuff up next year. Um, preferably, I'd, I'd love to go to PAX East again. Um, I'd love to go to Boston again, see some of the same people, you know, check them out. And uh, also show off, you know, anything else that, you know, we're able to come up with um, before the end of the year. So I would say next year is probably going to be our biggest year as far as um, shows and stuff is concerned. But, like, this year, I think there's just too much going on.
0: <laughs> I basically <laughs> asked for a selfish reason because I have my BJ costume over there. So oh, I'm, just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just waiting to to go dress up as BJ right. and, and beat the fuck out of some people.
1: <laughs> well, I definitely think it would be really cool to uh, to get... Of the full team, you know, um, I'm sure Dwight wouldn't mind, you know, playing cool, and I could probably get Becky to play hazmat, so we'd have the full team there do full. some. I don't mind.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, only, not to mention if we're going to do
1: that for the commercial,
0: only because I want to interject myself as BJ. Like I, I'm called it. So dibs on BJ. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry, Dustin. Sorry, Steve. I, uh, I got BJ. So perfectly all right
1: with me. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, I'll just beat him up. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, one of the first people to play the game online, um, DJ Winsa, we uh, we watched his stream. One of the first things he says when he gets into the game and he's like he's looking through the characters. He's like, OK, cool. All right. All right. Hazmat. OK. All right. BJ. Ooh, that's an unfortunate name. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought that was pretty funny. Did you mean to have that uh, that pun in there? No. For PJ. No. So. I, you said it's for Brandon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it, it's literally short for Brandon Jarrett. So oh. it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, That's, yeah. You were showing me uh,
0: clips of the game. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this. Yeah, no. But the Go level where I actually saw you develop the game throughout the day, the mm. level of the motorcycle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that function, like just seeing that from like a rough Here's a motorcycle, and you're just sliding back and forth to, like, the end of the day where you're actually weaving in and out of traffic (laughs) and, like, next to each other. Uh, That was amazing. Just to see that in, like, an eight-hour period, it wasn't even that long. Yeah. So, which brings me to my question of Mm. what is, like, your favorite
1: mechanic of the game? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I would have to say my favorite mechanic that I've built into the game is the, uh, the kill cam. Okay. So like uh, when it's, it's set up with a random chance, right? So every person you kill in the game has like, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, maybe like a 20 or 50% chance of triggering the kill cam. Um, bosses have a 100% chance of doing it. And so I really like it because the way I programmed it, it's completely modular Okay, And so like every time, time, we're so gassy. (laughs) Every time I add a new enemy, you know, it's just a slider. I can say this enemy has a chance, a 20% chance of triggering the kill cam, a 40% chance, 60% chance. Now that's every enemy that gets dragged into the level, you know. And so for an enemy that is in front of like a breakable container or something, I can give it a 100% chance of triggering the kill cam if it's a cool angle or something like that. Um, the reason I really like it, though, is because it was the first time I'd ever had one of those happy accidents that people talk about when they talk about developing stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know what that is. No, but I, <laughs> I, I could kind of picture <laughs> yeah, put it together. Yeah. Right. So uh, I programmed it so that it did that. And basically the way it works is uh, it just motion tweens between a special camera that's set up called the special camera. And there's three different versions of it. So three different camera angles. Um, And they're spawned uh, on on runtime. And so essentially what happens is you kill an enemy. It goes from the regular camera to the special camera or the the kill camera. And then it fades into it, right? But when you have two players playing at the same time, since each one of them spawns a a complete camera system, that means there's two kill camera systems active, right? I was playing with two controllers because I have to do that frequently, you know, to test the game and I didn't have anybody else to play with me. So I'm playing with two controllers and I was on a groove, man. I had had actually gotten really good at fighting (laughs) with two people. It was amazing. But what happened was I killed two people at the same time with both individual characters and the kill cam, it went into the – it, like, zoomed in on the first dude that died, and he starts flying back. And then it automatically, like, flew to the other kill cam, and that dude started flying back. and no I, shit. It blew my mind. I was like, <laughs> I just programmed the greatest thing ever, <laughs> <laughs> you know, completely by mistake. Like, I, I, had, I didn't even consider that that was going to be an option. So I would say that's probably my favorite.
0: That is awesome. That is, like – talk about a beautiful mistake. Right. You know, like, yeah. that is great. I love how that – just like falls into other cuz even with me like making videos like mm. back in the day like right, right, now, right. but and and you're just going through and you just catch a groove and then you're just like oh my god and then you just find like that clip like yep. that perfect clip that fits into this place and you're just like this is hilarious <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely is there anything like uh any other levels like that are like that like the motorcycle level that's something that is kind of unique out of yeah unique out of left field something like that
1: um, so we had a lot of stuff planned, um, that was going to be like that. The only problem is, is, you know, again, I could add features until the cows come home, you know, um, but what we really want to focus on is making sure that we have a finished product at the end of the day. Right. Um, and so I would say the only other unique type of level that we have going right now is, uh... Some 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 elevators I don't want to spoil it too much but uh, Just an ele- elevator level huh? Multiple elevator levels Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have I have a thing for elevators
0: <laughs> You know what we should have done That I just think of now We're right. talking about Streets of Blaze like people actually know mm. What Streets of Blaze is So if you want to can you give us like a Brief rundown of what the story Yeah or like the opening you know
1: Yeah yeah so um we're. I'm still playing back and forth with whether or not we're gonna like do some voiceover type stuff for the um for the cutscenes, but essentially, so Streets of Blaze is a story. I'll give you. I'll give you the story as it is right now. Okay. Right. First. It could change first. Subject well, no. I'll I'll tell you what it is now, and then I'll explain what it used to be. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I like it. So what it is now? It's a story about two guys who find an old video game cartridge. In like a you know a, a resale shop or something like that, and they're like, "Oh man, we gotta play this game so they uh, they take it back to their apartment and they're playing it, and it's like the hardest game they've ever played, right right But eventually, after weeks and weeks and weeks, they get to a point where they beat it, but when they beat it, the enemy in the game, the like the final boss, he starts like the, the console starts shaking and TV like almost like the the ring. You know, he right. like climbs out of the TV, basically, and he grabs the cartridge and then he jumps out of the window, you know, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and then he leaves. And so they're like, well, that was crazy, you know, yeah. but uh, they're just kind of sitting there. So another few weeks pass and and this bad guy is like recruiting gang members and like, you know, he's he's starting to influence like local politics. And all. it just it basically turns their city into an absolute hellhole. Okay. You know. Um, and so they're still not doing anything about it in the time where, uh, Lord Blackhorn, he's the name of the, the enemy in the time that he is released from the cartridge and the time that they actually, you know, get motivation to do something. What happens is this little girl, she's a, you know, like a middle school student. Um, she doesn't like what's happening to her community. And so she puts on a mask and becomes a superhero. Okay. You know, she doesn't have any superpowers. Like, right. Originally, her superpower was she's super intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'll explain that in, in a little bit. But, yeah, so she uh, she doesn't have any superpowers, but her superpower is that she cares so much, and she's like, I'm, I'm not just going to let this dude, you know, come in and, and do anything. But she hears, you know, through the grapevine that, that Lord Blackhorn jumped out of this apartment. So she goes there to kind of find, you know, what's going on, and she, you know, she through her own research, and obviously the, what I'm explaining right now is two seconds in the cutscene, but I'm giving you the full, the full rundown. Um, yeah, so she does her own, like, investigation and all this other kind of stuff, and then eventually she finds this apartment where these two guys are just cowered, you know, uh, behind their couch or whatever, and she kicks the door down. They have no idea what's going on. But she basically sees him and she's like, all right, you guys are obviously the cowards that unleashed this dude. Are you just going to sit here or are we actually going to do something about it? Yeah. And so she rallies them to fight back. And then that's where the game starts. So like. Seed one. Right yeah, outside. Yeah. Right of, out of the, yeah, the right apartment. Out of their apartment. Okay. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, I don't want to spoil too much of the game, but eventually uh, they fight him to a corner and then he uses that cartridge to then open portals to different dimensions. Okay. Um, because, you know, he comes from the, the game, and, you know, so that's how, that's how it kind of works. What was the story originally? <laughs> so the story originally is, is pretty similar. Um, the main difference was um, Cool and BJ decide to start fighting back on their own, and what happens is they get to a point where they fight him the first time, and he opens the portal, But then when they go into the portal, they start meeting other characters. Ah, okay. And so these other characters were in the dimensions that he was jumping to, and they had their own vendetta against Lord Blackhorn because it would be like, you know, Lord Blackhorn, if they jumped into a portal five minutes after Lord Blackhorn, Lord Blackhorn's been in that other dimension for like five years. Ah, got it. You know? And so um, Hazmat the character, and there were a couple other characters, so the first dimension they were going to jump to was going to be like a steampunk dimension. Okay. But it was going to be a mirror dimension of their current dimension, so like all of the levels you went through originally, there'd be steampunk versions of them. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I know? like it. And so you meet this, I think his name was Guy in the script or something like that, and he was uh I had some funny lines of dialogue where they're like, hey, what's your name Guy? And he's like, oh, it is Guy, and they're like guy (laughs) who's on first what's on second (laughs) exactly yeah yeah so um but uh and then eventually so you you follow him through several different portals but the final uh portal that you were going to fight him in was an area where um it was like a future punk kind of locale but he had been there for like 50 years and so like the city was fighting you like you were the uh, villain in the city. Essentially. Okay,
0: I remember you telling me this concept. Yeah. Right,
1: but when you get there, Hazmat is like you know a young girl, but she has been fighting against him since she was like you know basically like a, a toddler. You know, and so she she's the city's hero. You know, okay, yeah, 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 and so but but over the course of the game, that's when you discover she doesn't actually have any superpowers. She's just Batman. Yeah, she's she's (laughs) essentially she's just Batman. Um, But uh, eventually I kind of decided, you know, when you're developing something like this, like the scope changes all the time. And so um, it was a lot easier for us to kind of boil the story down a little bit and kind of make more of a traditional game. Yeah, make it a little bit more simplistic, not anything over the top. Right. I like it. Just boil the game
0: down to its core.
1: But I could talk about the story all day long. <laughs> well,
0: that's, <laughs> hey, that's fine with me. So you talked about the inspiration for BJ and all that. So, in the actual game, like, where did you get this concept of let's do a side scroller, beat him up? very similar to uh streets of rage right you know like where did you get like the overall concept for the villains for the levels is it just an amalgamation of everything or is
1: yeah it's, it's it's so i i we're kind of cribbing off of a lot of different things um i would say the main inspiration though is uh teenage mutant ninja turtles turtles in time oh god for the super nintendo what a great game that is like the best game um i still play that game to this day it's so good um I can sing all of the the songs in the game. Like, <laughs> I listen to those songs. You know what I mean? Like in my car, I'm that dude. Um, God, that game is just so good. But anyway, so like if you've played that game, you know one of the main kind of um, story elements in the game is you know they they they're fighting against Shredder all the time, right? And so you you fight all across a couple streets. You go to the Technodrome, and then in the Technodrome, Shredder's like tonight I down on turtle soup, you know. But yeah. he's like. You fight him and then he jumps into a portal and it takes him to a different, you know, he goes, he goes back in time. And I loved the idea of taking a game that plays kind of like Streets of Rage where, you know, it's like the streets and the city and, you know, you have this like grimy kind of, you know, area. But eventually you take these characters that that's all they know and you throw them in some unique scenarios, you know. And so those unique scenarios are kind of inspired by all the different games that I really you know, beat 'em ups that I really enjoyed, like Golden Axe, you know, okay, which is super cool. So we've got a level that's kind of like that, you know, um, and And so a lot of it kind of just boils down to, uh, beat 'em- ups are very simple. Oh. I don't. Need, I, I'm probably explaining that in no. too much depth, but a beat 'em up is essentially just go right and fight. Like, there's not really too much to it. No, that is definitely true.
0: That is definitely true. But I mean, even picking up like the items mm. that you because know, like I, I played through the level, and then the first time we were going through this warehouse, yeah. And I'm picking, you know, throughout the entire game, picking up bats, hitting right. people with them, and then I pick up this green bat and it goes doink and i'm just like what the fuck <laughs> the and nerf so, bat yeah and so i just like threw it <laughs> yeah and so, so like, <laughs> stuff like
1: that it was just so that's the interesting thing so in the original story um and i would say even the, the 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 new story because there's no reason to change it that factory that you're in is supposed to be a toy factory okay and so um the reason it's a to- <laughs> and like i don't know how, how Eventually, somebody's going to make a documentary about this game, and all of this is going to come out. It's all going to be on, like, the Wikipedia page, uh, which is fine. I, I definitely applaud that. But anyway, so the reason it's a toy factory is because he is using the cartridge to open these portals. Right. Now, where would he find an old video game console... In a toy factory, right? So he he okay. goes, yeah. He goes to the toy. So he's running his whole operation out of this toy factory because the objects he needs to kind of, you know, the tools and 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 yeah, whatnot. Yeah, he needs yeah. to, yeah. So. That I thought it would be hilarious if like you break open a box in the toy factory and there's all these weapons and stuff in it, but you pick up the weapons and they're Nerf bats. Yeah, that's actually pretty. <laughs> that's pretty clever. You I know? like that a lot. So I I actually really love the Nerf bat too because it, it it still knocks people off their feet just like a regular bat does, but it only does one damage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I could imagine getting hit with a Nerf bat. Pretty hurts, <laughs> right? Pretty bad. Yeah, dude. If you did a full swing Nerf bat on somebody, like it would hurt. You know? Oh, definitely. It's not gonna be like a lethal blow or anything are you now if you're in the toy
0: factory mm. and this i'm just thinking off the top of my head forgive me but like if you do like a five nights at freddy's bear in the background mm. as an easter egg do you, have you guys been thinking about putting easter eggs in any of your games i know like dustin's a huge metal gear fan <laughs> kojima fan yeah do you think and i don't know if you want to like spoil any
1: no i mean so there are already some easter eggs in the game um one of the things that i've discovered i kind of have to do is so i wanted to do this whole elaborate thing where you could find secret levels and there were branching storylines and all this other kind of stuff where you could discover like new combos and new moves and stuff but realistically a lot of that's just going to inflate the amount of time it takes me to make the game and so i kind of got rid of some of that one of the if you play the game right now like if you go on steam and you play the game there are two secret levels that you can get to, really? Right, yeah. So a lot of people haven't discovered them, you know. Now I have to go play I have to. We have to do a live stream right now where we're playing. <laughs> right. So one of the secret levels is the Fight Club. Yeah, and then the other secret level is is a basement where you fight. It's the basement of the Toy Factory, where you fight what's supposed to be a um like a baseball machine, you know, okay. one that shoots yeah, baseballs. Yeah. Um, but it's got like wheels and stuff, so it's like a robot and it moves around.
0: This is in the game right now now, on Steam,
1: available to me on my computer. Yeah, right now. Well, motherfucker, (laughs) see, But see, that's the problem. Like, it's almost too convoluted for how basic the gameplay is in a a beat-em-up. Now, I have no problem leaving it in the game that way, but I want people the average person to see everything that the game has to see. But the, that's the, like the beauty of it. Like that's the beauty of finding
0: those hidden levels. Like I remember in Batman Arkham Asylum right. where it took them years to find that wall that they can blow up that actually had right. Easter eggs to the next game. Right. And it's it's stuff like that because I remember I mean, I've played the game for like three hours maybe. Right. And the game is 20 minutes long if you like go if, if you get not, good yeah, at it. you know not It's not long, that yeah. long. But I didn't even know that there were secret levels like that. I did you go- know did you know there were secret packages in the game? I did so I did find the package. Uh, after you beat Ortho, mm. like, right, and you go, like... Beyond the subway. Beyond the subway, and you get yeah. that package. Remember when I texted you, I go, hey, <laughs> what is this package? I'm like, I'm looking around the things, right.
1: and I'm like, you know, it's for a new costume and
0: stuff like that, and I was yeah. like, no oh shit. Like, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah,
1: like, so essentially, yeah, you're supposed to find those packages, and then you break the package open, it's supposed to unlock, like, different costumes and stuff, and the idea is that the costumes are also tied to special effects in the game, Um and so... I forget which one is beyond the subway, but, like, one of them is called, like, Sluggers. And basically the idea there was that you would unlock baseball outfits for all the characters. Okay. And then if you play the game with the baseball outfit, whenever you pick up a baseball bat, it lasts twice as long. Okay. Hey, you know, yeah. or something like that. There were some things in the game where I was looking
0: at it. It's like, brass knuckles. Like, I didn't know what they did. Right. I didn't know, like, is there specific items that are going to tell you? Like this gives you this boost, or this gives you that boost. Or it gonna be
1: like an encyclopedia of. So, <laughs> we live in a different era now. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to put all that stuff in the game and not explain any of it and just have people discover it. But you know, unfortunately, we we live in a time when people kind of need their information right up front. Um, so, one of the things that I'm actually programming right now is um, like a encyclopedia of that oh, stuff. Okay. So, like if you anything you have on you when you pause the game, it'll tell you like on the side it'll say like you have the brass knuckles brass knuckles does this okay you know baseball bat or you know what i mean um and then also on the start menu or the main menu of the game you can go and you can kind of look at all that stuff and see what it does but essentially there's two different types of items in the game there's weapons normal weapons you pick those up you use them so like if if a character has a knife and you beat them up and they drop the knife. You pick up the knife, and you have the knife. You can throw the knife. You can stab people with the knife. Eventually, it breaks. Um, The other type of item in the game is called a finisher, and essentially what that is is it's like an item that enhances your special move, and so you've got a special bar that has your special meter, and when it's full enough, it'll, it'll flame. It has a little flame animation on it, and so... As long as you have enough special meter to use the finisher you have equipped, it'll be on fire. And then all you have to do is hold the attack button and you execute the finisher. Okay. And so the finishers in the game right now, there's the brass knuckles, which you do like a little brown house uppercut, um, which knocks people down in a wide range. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a energy drink, which um, <laughs> it speeds you up by like 25% and it removes the uh, combo like add it, that's kind of hard to describe but essentially what it does is like when you start hitting somebody and it goes into the combo instead of it going into the combo you you can basically just jab people to death uh, okay so you can fight really fast yeah know. um i might tweet that I, I want it to feel good ultimately but um there's a few other items in the game. Some of those finisher items you only see in, like, different levels. And so, like, we've got a level that kind of takes place in, like, a medieval kind of thing. And so it's more of, like, a wizard's, you know. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it's level-specific. Right, right, right. One of the, I, you know, I. it's sad, um, but uh, one of the finishers I had in the game was, like, just a pistol. Like, you just pick up <laughs> a pistol. <laughs> you <laughs> you just know? shoot people in the chest? Yeah, dude. And uh, the sad part is... I programmed it so beautifully, <laughs> like it was. It was one of those. Th- it was one of those things where I sat down. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I made it look real good, and like I did it the first time. And I was like, oh man, that that worked so perfectly. Like it's super cool. But the day I programmed that was the day that dude shot up the Madden tournament. Oh man! And so, I, like, I just didn't feel right, you know, keeping yeah. it in the game cause, you know, a game's not about you know shooting people and this sort of It's it's like old school. It's like you know it's about fisticuffs and stuff. So right. I, I kind of t- I took it out and I was just like, I'd...
0: is it just like the recoil? Like, could you repurpose that animation or anything for like a water gun for the toy level, or is it?
1: I mean, yeah, possibly. Is but it I mean, like completely it, nixed now? I mean, uh, I kind of just axed it. Yeah. You know, it just it it's one of those things. And you know what? To be honest with you, like I think I've already found in programming um a game that there are a lot of things that are like that, you know? There's a lot of stuff that you'll kind of program that you might like or even, like, you know, stuff that you've developed that you think looks good and it just doesn't really fit with the whole, you know, the nature of the game. You know, you got to be comfortable cutting that sort of stuff out because otherwise you end up with a bunch of stuff that people are like, well, I don't know why this is in the game, you know? And you're like, <laughs> no, it's cool, I swear. It's really <laughs> yeah, cool, Yeah, no, it's guys. cool, man. You should have seen how long it took me to program that, you know? Yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah.
0: So, so you say you you brought up the, the soundtrack in turtles in time and how you memorize every song. Mm. What's the
1: soundtrack of streets of blaze looking like? So it's, I like it. Um, because I found some really, really good, you know, uh, tracks like we've purchased some music for the game. The one disappointing thing about the fact that the Kickstarter didn't go through though, is because we had a stretch goal for like a collaborative soundtrack. And I've been, you know, contacted by a lot of uh, musicians who were like, Hey, you know, you want to make some music for the game? And I'm like, I would love to make some music for the game, but the second you want that check, like <laughs> I can't promise it, you that it's going to bounce. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the game is, is not making it like, you know, we're not going to retire off of the money that the game's making. It's got to sell a lot more, but um in order for us to get it developed, you know, there are a lot of realities we have to kind of come to. And like I said, I, I'd love to get somebody like Yuzo Koshiro, you know, the person who did the, the music for the original Streets of Rage. Like, yeah. he contributed some music to um, The Takedown, you know, which is another beat 'em up that's mm-hmm. available. Like, that's super cool, yeah. you know? Um, I just want him to notice us. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want him to know, like, you know, they created a game that was so influential that, like, 20 years later, you know, some dude's like, I'm gonna make a good game It's just like that, you know, yeah. and he does it, so... Um, but the tracks that I'm super conscious about the fact that I want the music in the game to be awesome. And the main thing I like about the soundtrack in turtles in time is how energetic it is. Yeah. Like the second you hit a level and it starts playing that music, like you're ready to beat you know it's it's not a beat some foot soldiers like yeah. that's what, that's what we're getting into you know so um i'm really trying very hard to make sure that the energy level is there with the tracks that you know we kind of curate for for the game but they're not unique. there's there's no music that's uniquely made for the game unfortunately oh okay well well no you know what i take that back i did i did i engineered a couple tracks i think the uh, one of the menu tracks i did
0: that's pretty that's awesome though i mean you even did the music you did the artwork you did the animations you got dust and work on i mean this is a game from the ground yeah. up <laughs> like made by you guys right like, that's insane i know so like
1: what's a good way for people to find the game for people to find you um so i've i've got a pretty good feedback loop going um if you just google streets of blaze like fingers crossed All of the search hits should be related to it in some, you know, way, shape, or form. So uh, you can Google Streets of Blaze. Um, You can, I think, at Streets of Blaze, their Twitter handle, um, you know, uh, at Leyline Studios, Twitter handle there. You can Google Leyline Studios, too. So, like... If you can't find the game, you're not trying. (laughs) Um, Links in the description below. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Put the links in the descriptions. I'm thinking about getting the link tattooed across my forehead, (laughs) you know, too. Um, I have some really expensive business cards with that information on there. I might just start, you know, throwing those at people. You know what? You should definitely, like, find somebody on the street and just be like, hey, I'll
0: pay you thousand bucks you get ley line tattooed across your forehead <laughs> and yeah. see what they say because there's bound to be people right that would do it yeah i don't know if that'd be your clientele
1: yeah i don't know but <laughs> you know what i guarantee you that would spawn some sort of uh, insane bad press article <laughs> on kotaku and then that would be very good marketing for the <laughs> for the game bad press is good <laughs> press my friend. Uh, you know i hate to admit it but uh if a thousand people hated the game that would be fantastic <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> is there uh is there anything else that you guys are working on, on their horizon that's something that maybe a project looking forward mm. after streets of blaze that you guys are working on like concept wise or anything yeah like that? so
1: a lot of it is just conceptual because you know we don't want to spend any legitimate um development time working on something that's not streets of blaze because we really need that game to come out um the one thing that we are doing is trying to kind of position ourselves so that once the game comes out, we can finish, um, some projects that will help the studio make some income. Um, like, and it's not even just strictly video games. Like, uh, we have some asset packs and stuff like that, that we're, you know, we've got spreadsheets and stuff like that, um, Mm. that we're kind of putting together that will help us, uh, you know, make a couple bucks on the side because ultimately, um, you know, there is a, uh, plateau, mm. uh, if you will, um, more like an asymptote, but yeah, we're getting to the point where, uh, if the game don't make you some, <laughs> some scratch, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to cl- close down shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lucas could be on the side of the street selling <laughs> the, uh handies <laughs> but, to passers by. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, so the, I mean, but you know what? That's one of the realities of, of trying to make a game on the side, you know? Um, I don't think everybody quite realizes how much extra time, something like that takes. Like, if you think about the people that have developed games on their own, like I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that have done it the same exact way that we've done it. You work full time, as soon as you're off of work, you go home, you work on the game for 5 or 6 hours, you know, you mm-hmm. ignore everything else and then you go to sleep, you wake up, you go to work and you you basically just do that constantly, you know. But I think there are also a lot of people that probably develop games, you know, kind of and they're like I'm just going to quit my job and I'm going to focus on this game for, you know, a year or two. They get a loan or, ho- or however they they manage it, but you know, we're working full time and there are a lot of times where i get off of work and the only thing i want to do is lay on my couch and watch anime yeah, i mean <laughs> you know yeah. um so it's very difficult to kind of get motivated to do that sort of thing when when that is the case but if we you know once this game is launched once this game is released and we kind of put it out there in the wild i'm hoping it gets a lot more sales um than it does you know than it did with early access and so i think everybody that does a project like this hopes that it kind of goes viral mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no I mean, it's definitely <laughs> i don't think that it will i'm starting to realize though that like i think everybody hopes everything goes viral you know because that's just the world we live in nowadays you know you right. hope you get that one article you know i only need one person to play the game on youtube <laughs> and, then, and then it's, like, it's all going to come together from there you know but, uh, we, I don't know, when you start thinking about things realistically, like, I, if I just got 50 people playing the game and, you know, they really enjoy it and they have some good feedback about it, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. You know. When, uh, now that we're,
0: uh, so the game's out on Steam, it's ready to go. Right. When do you guys have a date set? Say, hey, this is the full release. Good to go. You could pick it up on your store shelves on Steam. mm <laughs>
1: There we go. So full launch, no. Um, We don't have a date for that. And the main reason we don't have a date for that is because we need the code freeze to kind of happen so that I can determine how much polishing, like, you know, how long it's going to take us to do a polish pass on the game.
0: Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I know a lot of people are looking forward to it. I yeah, wish you all the best. Don't lie to the people. <laughs> I am looking forward to it. Now I, gotta, I got two levels to go find, two fucking side bosses to go destroy. I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited for you guys. This is going to be right. great. I have a feeling about it. It's going to be, you know, well, I a mean, first step. It's like many things to come.
1: I keep telling people, too, that, uh, you know, if you like this game or if you like kind of our way of of doing this sort of thing, I think you'll like our next projects, too, because, I mean, you know, every idea we have is awesome. Well, I'm I'm sure everybody probably thinks that about their ideas, but ours are actually awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know they are. I I love them. I love (laughs) all the (laughs) ideas. Well, uh, thank you for coming into the studio today. I appreciate you guys stopping by. Well, just you. Well, yeah, yeah. he's here in spirit. <laughs> in spirit, he's there. But I appreciate. you I stopping see. I by. see
1: a notification on my phone. so That's probably him talking,
0: <laughs> <laughs> just leaving voice messages. <laughs> but if you want to follow Leyline Studios at Leyline Studios at Streets of Blaze at Luke zero zero three at Alpha D Unit, yes, at Steve Papa. Links in our description. Le- links in the description below. <laughs> <laughs> uh, support them. Follow them. Like this video, dislike this video, subscribe. I'm all for it. Ring the bell. Don't forget to ring ring the bell. Ring that bell because that's what I learned today. Ring the bell. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming in, Luke. Why are we so bad at YouTube? I don't know, man. It's great. I'm old. I've been doing this since 2006, but it don't matter because I still suck at it. Well,
1: yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks.